Greetings and welcome to the Screen 17 podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Raymond Hogg, joined as ever by Rob Mullen. Hello. And Eddie. I'm me. What? No, I'm I'm me. What? <laughs> I'm me. You're you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm me. So, we are joined by Rob Mullen and quickly on to Eddie Weedon Cut for Life Bolton. Hello, how's it going? I'm, I'm a bit worried about Rob. Are you alright there, buddy? Well, unlike the rest of you, I don't refer to myself in the third person. I'm just me. Well, I'm not yeah. Rob. Just Rob. But if, if <laughs> I don't need was... a special title like Ed here. But if someone was introducing you in a, <laughs> in a family setting or a friend setting, they wouldn't go... And this they is should, me. They would never presume to do such a thing. I'm me. <laughs> what a... They wouldn't even introduce you. They're just the, the Mullins walk no, no, into a house I, going, I'm me, and I'm me. We don't introduce. We don't introduce ourselves. We announce ourselves. I was going to say you're 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 a difficult man. I can imagine Kira, <laughs> Kira introducing you to someone you'd never met before and saying, and uh, and this is my my husband Rob. And then you're like, hi, nice to meet you. And then when they leave, you go, Kira, can I have a word for you for a second? <laughs> How dare you? Don't you ever <laughs> introduce, introduce me, me again. If I, want, were, uh, if I want to disclose my identity, I'll do it on my own terms. <laughs> were you... Uh, <laughs> Eddie, were you, are you still watching The Office? Uh, I literally just watched the, the episode where um, Michael leaves there today. Oh, okay. I can't remember if that is before or after... Dwight has the garden party and uh, uh, I don't think he's had it yeah I think that's after that and Jim writes a book <laughs> that he puts on Amazon and that is like how to have a garden party basically by Jim Trickington and uh, <laughs> the one of the things is like you should announce all the guests as they enter <laughs> Dwight's there standing in the garden and anytime someone comes in it's like you know James Halpert <laughs> And you would be giving them dagger eyes. <laughs> Every other week, we come to you with our takes and thoughts on the media we've consumed from screens, big and small. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, subscribing, or whatever your preferred podcast service suggests. You can also find and follow us on Facebook as Screen17 or on Instagram at Screen17Podcast, both of where you can contact us, ask questions, or simply suggest topics for future episodes. This week, we are chatting about the 2017 attempt at Justice League. And... <laughs> attempt? What? Oh, come on. But before we get into come that, on. it's time for that little segment we like to call What You've Been Watching. Hey, buddy. Get it, bro. For God's sake, turn it off. Turn it off! Rob, go on. You, you know you're going to dive in there anyway, so you may as well go first. You, you can... F- <laughs> <laughs> no, I refuse to speak now. I will be announced when it's my time. <laughs> Me. Go. Eddie, ring his Mrs. Dear and get her on the phone, will you? I can probably drop her in uh, on the I'll call. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go. Um, so I have three things I'll talk about. So, technically four but one, one of them basically i'm i'm going through in order the u.s anderson film uh filmography and i am currently up to life aquatic with season zoo so i will talk about that more once i finish it really enjoying it so far can uh, i just commend your ability to have multiple like back-to-back watchings of like 
filmographies of people. Mm. The fact that you're managing to do this with Wes Anderson, The Office, and Ryan Reynolds at the same time is commendable. Well, the, I know, like, the, office, the, office is, the office is easy. It's just, it's yeah, just I know. The office 20 is minute thing relaxing, where I'm going to bed. But, uh, yeah. But it's just, it's nice to have it on the background. I've seen, apart from, I, I didn't do it during um, work for these, but like I've seen most Wes Anderson films quite a few times. So I've, I have them on when I'm working, just in the background. Hmm. Um, the only one I haven't seen of his, I think, is, is it Bottle Rocket? Yeah. And the, I watched it. So I, I'd only seen that once and I watched it again, um, but not in work. So, so I could have it. But anyway, I'll, I'll go into all this more um, again. Um, but yeah, as I said, I'm really enjoying it. Um, another director I'm trying to have completed his filmography is Denis Villeneuve, who we discussed Sicario on an early mm. episode of the podcast. Um, Great movie. So I, I watched his first film, which I talked about on the podcast before. And I've now watched his third film. So I, I couldn't find uh, one called Maelstrom. I will have to try and find that somewhere else. Uh, this one is called Polytechnique. Is that pronounced? Sorry, Maelstrom or Maelstrom? I don't know. Rob, Rob, Rob. How do you pronounce, pronounce that word? Rob? I, it's I don't know. Justice, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go on, no idea. Go on, Eddie. So this is uh, this is called Polytechnique. Which I really should, because right now, as you can tell with the Wes Anderson stuff, I'm trying to find stuff that's quite light and breezy mm. to get through lockdown uh, and The Office, etc. And my Ryan Reynolds thing, which I'll talk about in a second. So I really should have read the synopsis of what Polytechnique is about. <sighs> it's about a Montreal school massacre in 1989. <laughs> Jesus, that's not light at all. So, so um, That's not pure fluff. It's, it's an incredible film. Um it's I don't know if you guys you've both seen Prisoners have you yeah yeah you know how viscerally it's very disturbing that film is yeah you kind of need a bit of a strong stomach going into it you need a strong drink after it as well yeah the this is not dissimilar to that in that way and to the point that there's there's a bit where it cuts away from the school shootings and I, when I was watching it, I went, oh, thank God. Thank God we're away from this. And then something horrible happens in that. <laughs> and then it cuts back to another perspective of what was happening in the school. And at that point, I was like, I don't believe this has happened. This is atrocious. It was a bit, and it's only 70 minutes. It's a very, very quick film. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. This, you can almost do a whole podcast series on that of movies that, you need to watch something else when you're done because you can't go to bed. You're, you're stressed. Yeah, it was it was it was tough going, but I, I I put a review up on Letterboxd and I said like an absolutely stunning piece of work. We'll never watch again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I I find it kind of weird because you can buy this online physically. Who wants that in their in their library? <sighs> who whoever know. gets in the mood and goes, do you know what I need to watch again? Is this film about a school massacre in Montreal? I mean, your description is a lot like Requiem for a Dream for me, where it's like, this is an amazing movie, and mm -hmm. the acting is incredible. The direction is amazing. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> no, never. It's too much. I felt like we're that not, not with um, Jupiter Ascending. It was like, I commend... <laughs> no, it was, no, but the funny thing is, no, it, I commend like, the fact that it's an original what? story, not like a remake or a reboot, but I'd never watch that movie again. Oh, my God. 
I did not expect that. I don't think <laughs> of all the things. Just I don't think it, that's the same thing at all. <laughs> not quite the same thing, but, but <laughs> just wanted to put, just wanted funny. to put that out there. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's a movie you watch and never see want to watch again. That's some weird triple bill. <laughs> Requiem for a dream. Polytechnic. I think you're missing the point. And Jupiter ascending. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's probably it's probably not as heavy as the other two. Um. <laughs> probably not. He no, says. probably not. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to it's not it's not actually lighter. It's uh, well, it's a bit lighter, but you know, you're, you're hard pressed to find something as dark as Polytechnic. I watched Days of Heaven, which I've had for a long time on Criterion, mm-hmm. and I never I've never seen. It's a Terrence Malick film from 1978. You know, Terrence Malick who did Tree of Life and the Tin Red Line. A few other um, films that people would call masterpieces and Badlands was his first film. But this was his second film and was the last film he did for 30 years uh, before he came back. I think it was Tin Red Line was his first one back. And it's um, Richard Gere and Sam Shepard mm. starring it. And I, for the first 20 minutes, I was struggling with this film because it's visually, it's incredible, like absolutely incredible. But it it was doing the usual Terrence Malick thing that works in some films where like the audio's kind of not really up to scratch, and that's for a reason he doesn't really care about the plot and the and the dialogue. Mm. And I didn't think there was much of a plot for a long time or characters. And eventually they start to emerge during the film, and it got a lot better. Um, but yeah, plot wise, I mean, there's not a lot you can say about it. It's these two. It's a couple who goes to live on a farm, basically, with this guy who brings in a lot of people to do some of the harvesting for him. And Richard Gere had, at the very start of the film, mistakenly killed his boss in a steel a steel mill. Jesus. And so they're, they're on the run. So it's him and his girlfriend, and they pretend to be brother and sister. Why? They don't get into it. <laughs> you can easily just pretend just to be a couple. All right. Yeah. Um, and the, the the only reason for them to pretend to be brother and sister is the film wouldn't happen otherwise. Right. So, fair enough. Um, but it's it's you know it's as a film in history, it's it's well worth viewing. And it again, it looks incredible. Hmm. But yeah, I'm not sure it's one I'd revisit very often. There's not a lot of character or plot going on, especially in the first half an hour. Um. But my final one is my Ryan Reynolds pick, and it's not a film. It is his new uh, Snapchat show called Ryan Doesn't Know, which is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's it's joyous. Ryan Reynolds picks up a hobby um, and gets an expert to talk to him about it and how, how it works. And they're only like five or so, maybe they're 10 minutes, 10 minute long pieces. Okay. Um, so I've watched the first two, and the first one is ice sculpting. Uh, so it's it's Ryan Reynolds with a guy on um, on Zoom, basically te- like this expert in ice sculpting, teaching him how to ice sculpt. And obviously Ryan does a terrible job. And the end of it is he it just looks like a mountain, and he was meant to make an eagle. Mm. So it looks like yeah, <laughs> it looks like the shard, and he he boxes it up and sends it to Will Smith. It's just this big block of ice and Will Smith opens it up and Will Smith's just like, like on set clearly of another film and he's he just goes he goes 
Um, what's going on? I, I, I don't get this. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm going to send something to Ryan now. I don't understand what's going on here. Weird. And the, so the second episode was archery. And um, Ryan Reynolds is having a, a horrible time trying to actually hit the board with his, his, uh, his arrows. Hmm. Until he gets a picture of Hugh Jackman's face <laughs> and puts it onto the board. <laughs> and he, he eventually, oh, oh no, sorry, it's axe throwing. It's not archery, it's axe throwing. And he throws, the, he throws one of the axes and uh, it hits, the, the first time he throws it, it hits uh, Hugh Jackman right in the face. And he takes a picture of it, sends it to Hugh Jackman. And uh, he also makes wallpaper out of it <laughs> for one of his rooms. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's really good it's really good fun it's ni- nice and breezy it does unfortunately have the TikTok problem which is I don't know if not TikTok sorry Snapchat where every video only lasts 10-15 seconds or something mm. and then skips yeah it does that it does that little um, skip every 10 or 15 seconds you kind of get used to it but um, yeah it's also in portrait because of Snapchat so it's a bit of a pain but mm. again you get used to it and they're, they're short enough yeah, and fair enough light, light and breezy it's, so i will watch the rest and can come back with uh with my other reviews yeah you know that's actually a good idea for i don't know if like a bit on a late night show or some sort of thing where they bring on actors because actors are like the ultimate jack of all trades aren't they they have to pick up all these random skills and just either some of them really dive in and learn the skill like crazy or they just look like they're good at it like you seen Jessica Biel in um, Blade Trinity became a really good archer, hmm. and like other, made, other made some really like good uh, playlists on her iPod as well. Yeah, oh, she's incredible with the DJ. Um, Is she the actress you who know, damaged you have... the camera on set because yeah. she shot down the lens perfectly. Yep. Yeah, I remember reading yeah. about that. That was that's, fantastic. I I only read about it the other day. That's what came to mind. But yeah, I mean that's kind of a cool idea because you test how good they are at a bunch of random skills they might have done once or twice. Yeah. The the editing is quite good on this as well. It makes it fun. It's, you know, there's a bit where Ryan Reynolds goes to pick up two axes at the start and the instructor just says to him, uh, maybe one's enough for the start. And Ryan just goes, just one, and puts it down. And they make it seem like this is the most heartbreaking thing that could have possibly been said to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 good. it's good fun. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. Uh, what are you, Rob? What have you been watching? Um, I finally gave in and, and gave up ever potentially seeing Tenet in the cinema and got it. So I watched Tenet and I liked it. Okay. I think I liked it more when I was watching it. And I think I like it less now that I've had time to think about it. <laughs> I still have yet to I'm see not, this. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it. It's a good movie. Mm. But there's definitely aspects to it that I think could be better. And I think maybe it would work better as like a short miniseries. Okay. The premise is quite interesting. Mm. Um, If you haven't seen it, I will say nothing about it. Yeah. I don't want to give any of it away. Um, Luckily, uh, none of it was really spoiled for me. Only a small bit was. Mm. Yeah, it was very good. Um, What's uh, Denzel's Washington Sun? Is it John David Washington? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he is really good. I just want to see him in more things. Um, he's in Black Klansman, if you haven't seen that. He's yeah. Guy in that. He's, he's, be- he's better in Black Klansman, but I think that's a better movie. 
or at least well, a better well, well, character it's a movie. It, it has a character in Black Klansman. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like he is, he has things to do. Um, the one thing I'll say about it, which is kind of a negative, is I did just resort to sticking the subtitles on. Um, yeah, at least in the in the first twenty minutes, the dialogue is bad. Like it's just there's no there's no going around it. It's not an, a directorial choice. It's bad. Like well, unfortunately, it is a directorial choice. He's just he's an idiot for when it comes actually, to that. Yeah, you're right. He ha- he definitely has people who are good at audio around him who are tell- probably yeah. telling him, "We can do this better." I don't know why you you know the dialogue's hard to hear. They have all the money and equipment in the world, um, so. Yeah, you're right. It is a directorial choice. The book stops at him. Mm. Um, but it's definitely worth a watch. Cool. I think he wants to... His thing, and I'm not saying I agree with it because I don't. I think partly that a lot of the dialogue in that film is just gibberish. Yeah. Um, but he his thing is he, I, he wants to bombard your senses. Mm. And I get that. But not for the sake of characters, which is what the problem with Tenet is. I really like Tenet as well. And I would... Ray, I'd recommend watching it. It's it's yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen it on DVD in the the supermarket for feck all like fourteen euro or something. Maybe I'll pick it up. Um, yeah, I I I know what you're saying about the audio things. Well, wasn't it 1917? We went to see and when we were watching it, like it was the audio was too loud. Well, we saw it in the was it the IFI that time? I don't think I saw that with you. I'm pretty sure it was me, you, and Trisha went to see 1917. I saw it twice, but definitely not, definitely not with you. Really? Because we got those little um, remember the film strips from it. That was Dunkirk. That was Dunkirk. Different movie. Anyways, moving on. Isn't the Christopher Nolan? <laughs> 1917 isn't the Christopher Nolan sorry, movie. Listen, um, but sorry, Dunkirk. Well, next time, that. next time we go to see Jupiter Ascending, yeah. we can talk about. <laughs> We'll talk about the sound. But it was the same. It was the same thing um, in, in Dunkirk. Remember how loud that was, and both of us were like, "This is really fucking loud." Like, know, what? Why is yeah. this so loud? I, I agree. I think Dunkirk is probably is one movie where it made sense mm. because that movie is just it's like just tension yeah. the whole way through, and yeah. But as Ed said, like Christopher Nolan doesn't do characters yeah. very well, um, and. That was maybe, probably again the one failing of Dunkirk that was glossed over with the amazing tension that was involved in it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's worth worth to watch. Sure. Do watch Tenet. Um, on a much much lighter note, the other main thing that I watched is Young Frankenstein. Yay! Pronounce um, Frankenstein. Frank? No, not by the end of the movie. It's not. <laughs> My <laughs> name is Frankenstein. <laughs> I love this movie. I. I think I was prompted to watch it because I stumbled on like some Reddit thread and then, you know, you find a bunch of YouTube videos mm. and one of them was like the only uh, argument that Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks ever had was apparently about the putting on the Ritz scene in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. And yeah. it was like Gene Wilder had this 20 minute rant about like, no, I have to do this and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, once he finished, Mel Brooks just said, okay, it's in the movie. It's like, what? What do you mean it's in the movie? It's like, well, like if you're willing to argue for 20 minutes about it, it must be right. You wouldn't put in that much of an effort <laughs> if it wasn't right for the movie, um, which is really interesting. You know, they seem to have had a really good creative relationship, mm. and it's just such a good movie. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes, yeah, um, it's so much fun. There's so much silly, silly comedy in it. Um, all the acting is just great. Mm. 
<laughs> like it never takes itself seriously in the slightest <laughs> you know even from uh you know extras walking across the screen and hitting into trees clearly on purpose like in a silly way um it's just so ridiculous it's brilliant. one thing that, i mean i i, I must either in my head or in day in, in life in general i quote that film at least once a week at least yep. and one of them is usually if something's going wrong in work or in life in general and i'm getting so frustrated with life in my head i go to myself it, we must accept our uh, our wins with our defeats as well as our defeats with quiet dignity and grace, and then just fucking explode. Why <laughs> <laughs> are you? Quite dignity, I'll, grace. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. That's what I always think of. I don't want to live. I don't want to live. <laughs> what I always think of is, no, what could be worse? How could it be worse? Could be raining. Could be raining. Nearly <laughs> 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 a second later. <laughs> Okay, three three syllables. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> what was the name of the? Sedative! What was the name of the brain? That was Abby. Abby something. Uh, Abby, no- Abby, Abby normal. normal yeah. <laughs> you got me an abnormal brain. <laughs> I uh, there was a thread on Facebook going. Um, put a quote in here that is that's obscure, but everyone will know exactly what film it's from. And mine was just said a give question mark. <laughs> oh very good give very him good. a side of game <laughs> uh, yeah so that's me Grant um, me my own going to be very quick um, I'm continuing Sober or <laughs> Sober Kai <laughs> god I'm tired Cobra Kai season 2 um, yeah it's getting <laughs> fine it, it's kind of doing that thing where season 1 obviously was a very grounded kind of normal premise and faithful kind of re- soft reboot of a series. Season two kind of feels like it's jumping the shark a little bit. Like big, massive action karate choreographed scenes and different things like that. And old characters coming back being very overly 80s bad guy. Um, I mean, Just it's question on Yeah, the, Is season two still YouTube um, or was it Netflix? Because it started on YouTube, right? I think it was YouTube because it, it was season three was the debut on Netflix, wasn't it? Oh, well, I, I don't know. Genuine, I, I think genuine, so, yeah, because know. it's on it's on Netflix now and season four isn't out. So i just assuming that season three was Netflix. Um, it's still good. Like, obviously, it, it it's, it's, as you were saying before, um, Rob, it's pure fluff. It's like, it's just easy watching. Just put it on. We can not really take it too serious. Uh, interested to see how season two wraps up um also continuing superstore we're on season three of that now it's fantastic it's really really good uh, i only started it i'm about three episodes in yeah the, the characters really grow on you after a while like the, it's i like a good uh comedy show where the characters become funny because of the way they react to something because you know those characters um mm-hmm. it's very similar to the way why a lot of the jokes in like arrested development are funny because you know the characters and the way they react to a situation is the funny thing. So, is there ever a situation where one of them insults a blind person? Um, because that that definitely never happened to one of us when we worked in a large superstore. Don't need to get into this story. Now. <laughs> Anyways, are you enjoying it because of your time in in that superstore, Eddie? 
there are you. certainly elements yeah. that uh, remind me of it so far, but I'm not. I, I, I actually, I think I'm two episodes in. I haven't quite gotten uh, yeah. hooked yet, but um, I'll give it. I'll, I'll keep going yeah, with it. Very good. Um, and then the last thing, notwithstanding Justice League, is Ghostbusters. I put this on as on like on a whim on Saturday night. I was just kind of chilling out and playing some games and stuff like that, doing some streaming on Twitch, and then myself and Trish were just chilling out and I just saw Ghostbusters was newly added to Netflix, the Ultra HD 4K version. And I was just like, oh, will we put it on? It's like, yeah, if you want, Grant, cool. Love this movie. God, I love this movie. Yeah. It's just so good. Um, the version on, on, on Netflix, though, is not the Ultra HD 4K version. No way. <laughs> it's It was so grainy that they're bullshitting if they think that's the 4K version. Um, but yeah, look, what can you say about Ghostbusters that hasn't been said before? It's just a great comedy. Um, all the actors are great in it. Just really, really good special effects. Um, particularly love the first ghost you see in it, the ghost in the library, the librarian. Like that effect, like the transition from her being the shushy lady to the big demon thing is just fantastic. Um, yeah, um, good all around. So yeah, that's that's me wrapped up with what you've been watching. I guess it's on to the main topic of the show. The 2017 Justice League attempt by Warner Brothers. Attempt? <laughs> you know, now, Sorry, now, I want to get the unfair bit right. out of the way at the start. Let, we're going to be positive about this, okay? Yeah. Let's be positive, uh, guys. Totally positive. I don't have any real rants on this movie, right? Now... Oh, oh. No, no, no. Time, time, time for me to be robbed from BBS. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because um, it's just fine yeah i think you know this movie isn't great it's not utterly terrible it's just fine i think i was saying this to eddie actually uh one of the nights during the week was i enjoyed this movie more than i thought i was but it's not very good like tonally it That's jumps all movie. over the place yep um now okay this rolling back to something to give out about um what I don't get is why the entire world seems to be in mourning for Superman. Well, before um, we jump into that, clearly Superman. Yeah, let's okay, hold on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll do what we normally do. So I'll give a bit of facts for, for kind of like the overall thing of the movie. And then we'll jump into our basically run up to the news of this coming out and our first seeing of it. So obviously, this movie is directed by Zack Snyder. And I put that in quotations um, <laughs> because of the other involvement by other people. Um, so it's obviously starring Ben Affleck as Batman, Henry Cavill as Superman, Gal Gadot as <laughs> Wonder Woman, Ezra Miller as The Flash, Jason Momoa as Cyborg and Ray Fisher. Or sorry, Jason Momoa as Aquaman and Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Um, released in November 2017. A uh, budget of three hundred million, including reshoots. That is, what do you guys think this made at the box office? Eddie has been two for two on these. I'm not even going to try. Seven hundred million. Okay, Eddie, without going over and without looking on Wikipedia, I'm going to go six fifty. The closest without going over is Eddie Bolton at six five seven point nine million. Yeah. That's incredibly close. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, if you were on the prices right, you'd be going home with the yacht. <laughs> um, 
oddly enough, I didn't realize Danny Elfman did the music for the entire movie. I knew he did. He was involved musically with this, but uh, on rewatching, definitely on the intro, um, right after the the fantastic, I have it in my notes. Um, uh, cover of a Leonard Cohen song, which is it's um, everybody knows performed by Sigrid, which is you know whatever you take away from this movie, that that song is beautiful. More on that later. Yeah, more, more on that, that later. later. Um, the lead up to this movie and the buzz around it. What what do you guys remember what, how you were feeling when this was first announced? I mean, I mean, it was already apathetic. Apathetic. <laughs> Let's be honest, apathetic. After seeing BVS, which actually now I think BVS is the worst one. So definitely, like, haven't seen BVS either. Um, they're shaking their heads, and I'm yeah. We were we were saying we do not agree with that. <laughs> growling in a weird way. <laughs> BVS is a much better um, movie than this. BVS does not make me want to see more Justice League. Now, in fairness. Maybe I feel like I'm in a weird world. This movie doesn't make me want to see the Zack Snyder edit. I think some of the bits I hate most about it are Zack Snyder-isms. Um, yeah, no, I, I just don't, didn't care. You know, it was I knew it was going to happen. I remember it was announced that they were going to shoot like it was the month after BVS came out that they were going to shoot Justice League. Mm. And already people were still, like when, when the reaction started coming out about uh bvs the, all the reaction was that he's warner, warner brothers is going to make him change stuff and he came out and said they did they they had um i was reading the article there during the week they had jeff johns on set for the entire shoot mm. giving suggestions on how to make it lighter and another suggestion was that it has to be two hours no more no less yeah, i remember reading and that. yeah and um Snyder saying well the ironic thing is that all the humor that I had been asked to be to put into it had to come out because it had to be two hours in length <laughs> um, and then unfortunately Zack Snyder's uh, daughter took her life yeah. and he left the project and uh, we got Joss Whedon in and this bastardized monster <laughs> of Justice League happened yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, we don't need to go into all the other bits on set with Joss Whedon mm-hmm. um, and can, Ray Fisher. But can we go into that later on? Because I have such a patchy knowledge of what is the deal with all that. I've heard only snippets of history. Um, let's not go into it now. Yeah, let's I'll add a, I'll add a quick note on the fly to the end. If we want to touch on that, we have time. We can. If if not, it's not the end of the world. Um, but apparently Joss Whedon had also said that there, there, there was no way that this was he was going to be able to make a two-hour film. He had originally a three-and-a-half-hour film. He said, I can I can maybe make it three hours. They said two hours. He said, right, if I cut this, 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 this out, look, I mean, it's not going to be a very good film, but I can, I can, I can make it two-and-a-half hours. And they said two hours. Jesus. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I guess it, on the lead up to the movie, I wasn't very kind of bothered with uh, the edits and stuff. I, I guess I got kind of had a bit of a bad taste after BVS because we were just a bit let down. Um, I was still excited for the movie. Like the idea of seeing this roster of heroes together on screen was definitely like cinema. I use cinema history very lightly, but it is. Um, Iconic, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's one actually, the one usage you get for the like, it is. It is a bit of cinema history. It's the first time this was ever attempted. Uh, 
now obviously they did it in a ham-fisted way they tried to go straight for the avengers without giving the characters their individual stand-up movie um to kind of build the love of the characters i do remember the first trailer that i liked was the one that had the rocky version of come together which was pretty cool i liked it and i said okay right maybe this won't be as bad as i think but then little did we know well i went to i saw it again a bit like man of steel i got a preview ticket i think maybe the day before it came out Mm -hmm. maybe two days before and i was just not hyped because i'd already seen a couple of reviews come out and knew it was two hours in length and yeah was i mean i I like as i said i like bvs i don't love bvs so Mm. you know I think BVS gets more of a pass from me now because I really don't like this film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a shame that BVS was not the the hype machine that it should have been for a big Justice League film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> let's get yeah. let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. So the movie opens with. Zack Snyder-esque intro, which obviously was not filmed by Zack Snyder because it doesn't have any of the artistic shots. It just has the visual look of it. Um, no, I... it doesn't. No, no, no. We need to start with the actual opening of this film, which is Henry Cavill's weird lip oh my God. talking to a talking to I kids. I have such a mental block about this. I just never think about it because it's so bad. Why did yeah. they choose to I open have... the movie like this? It's atrocious. It's terrible. And see, I get what they're trying to do with this scene, but the the problem with it is that it's hokey as fuck. Yeah. You have the, the bit where Henry Cavill is asked, what's the best thing about, is it the planet? No, what's the best yeah. thing about living on Earth or something? Was, yeah, yeah, and he does this weird look and gaze into the distance to come up with his answer. And then he like smirks like, at himself. He's just like, well, yeah, he didn't, it cuts off before he answers it, and I guess we're just left to think he has a good answer. Yeah, like but it's it not. Been it's better. not. It's not. That's not. The, that's not the issue for me. Is that's not the issue? It's the bit where he looks off to gaze into whatever he's gazing off at. I'm like, this is so hokey yeah. for like yeah. a big blockbuster film to be putting into their film. I don't know. Yeah, the other thing is tonally. Now, having seen all these movies close enough together, Superman in this movie doesn't aligned to the previous incarnations of him whatsoever no uh, i really really like henry cavill as superman um i think he should get another go at it yeah but the way he has been written and directed to be superman up until this point is really bad so it's only in this movie you start to see kind of a happy fun superman yeah and this is the start i think that's why they opened the movie with it to say hey this is superman he he talks to kids after he saves a burning building I suppose that's that's the big tonal shift problem that I always have with this is that it feels like a completely different character. Like the Superman before is very kind of trying to deal with his humanity or lack of it and trying to blend him with humans and, you know, can he be accepted? Whereas this Superman just feels like old classic Superman. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit yeah. weird. Like guess TV Superman or something. Which I don't mind. I just don't mm. think it's done very well. No, no. And the Tash gate um does not does not work in its favor um so after that hokey intro we get obviously this weird 
as I was saying, pseudo Snyder-esque intro. The best thing about that intro is, as I was saying earlier, is the cover of Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows, performed by Secret, which I think is just a beautiful song. See, it's, now it's a beautiful song, right? But this whole intro, just cut it out, yeah. append it somewhere into any other Zack Snyder movie, fits perfectly fine. Maybe, obviously, you know, a bit anachronistic to, or anachronistic to put it into um, 300. But yeah, it's this faux Zack Schneider uh, speed ramping when your man kicks the box of apples and it like slows down. Yeah. And then we have a Leonard Cohen song that's done kind of slow as well. It's just like, for fuck's sake, you know, I have seen this before. I, as I said, I, I think I said in the last episode, I would feel cheated if I didn't get this <laughs> with a Zack Snyder film. But like, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, no. This is, this is atrocious, though. This is definitely a Whedonized version of, of what Zack Snyder Yeah, exactly. For. And that's the thing. So it's like, you can just tell, like, it's someone trying to do what Zack Snyder does. Now, maybe they're, they're not using the same technology that Zack Snyder uses, or maybe they're just like, don't have the artistic eye for what he does on his versions. But I agree with Rob. Like this could have started with that Superman scene fading to black and then cutting straight to the rooftop scene with Batman. Like literally could have just it cut did, it there. It does. Yep. Yep. Should have. It, it, it does do that though. You're, you're misremembering. I, I, I'm lucky in that I, I'm lucky in that I watched this earlier on. It, it goes from the Superman bit to the Batman rooftop scene. And then it goes into the, oh God. really? Because Christ. the end. Yeah. Because the end is the is the the robber asking, "Oh, are they coming because they know he's not here anymore? Where does yeah. that leave us?" And then Batman flies off the roof, and then you get the everybody knows sequence. Fair enough. I am completely misremembering. Yeah, right. right. By God, it, it's um trying to plant the whole thing about fear again. I I would have I I misremembered this film as well. I thought it opened with that that music uh, video. That's even a worse now that I think about it. <laughs> like you no, actually fuck off, you... Right? you can't do that you can't do that you can't go oh uh actually if they'd just I... gone from the superman bit into well, the batman no, rooftop like, scene this would have been but far then, better like, put that <laughs> i mean like the fact that the song is yeah. there now mm. or that scene is even there yeah, i complain sorry to about um where this is in the movie mm. like it being in the movie at all is bad yeah the i agree because i don't i don't bad. like the sequence either i think it's a pretty poor sequence um i think if Snyder had been involved with a longer film, like we'll hopefully get next week. Hopefully, Rob, we get to talk about this again, this sort of uh, intro to a film in a couple of weeks and talk about how absolutely amazing it is. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm going to let you take the reins of the synopsis for the remainder episode, Eddie, purely because you have watched this movie more recently than any of us. Sure. Now, I see I've split, I've split my my review into kind of positive and negative so I'm going to have to go between the two to remember which, what comes next that's what I usually do um, yeah it's, I think the, the scene after the montage is the scene where Bruce is going to find Aquaman oh yeah yes, we so we have we have a shot of Bruce on a horse in Iceland I think mm. trying to find Aquaman and I quite like this scene actually this is one of my favourite scenes in the film is Bruce trying to coax Aquaman into revealing himself. My least favorite po- point in this whole bit is that Bruce is very lax with who's hearing that he's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's assuming people from Iceland don't know English um, because the, he because one person had to be translated to by Aquaman. Yeah. It's, so um, this is one yeah, of those, what do you guys think of this? Well, this is one of those scenes that was for some reason reshot by um, Joss Whedon, wasn't it? Because the scene that's in the 
the trailer we got is not the same Ben Affleck. Like he he's he's got more facial hair. He's heavier. Like it's it's definitely, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Like that. We'll we'll know. We'll know in a week. Yeah, and because I definitely know because that his beard stubble isn't as um sorry his beard isn't as long in Zack Snyder's one as it appears in this version. It's good eye for detail. I mm. yeah, we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, I, well, um, I liked the scene. Yeah, I thought it was good. It's the usual sort of getting the band together problem with these movies if you haven't set things up. So, you know, at least it was a good approach to it, I suppose. Mm. Good approach to a difficult problem. We then move into uh, a scene with one of our own in uh, Michael uh, Michael Hatton uh, from Game of Thrones fame who enters the museum to blow it up. Yep. So a fun fact about this, right? I watching it, I, I think I was going to make coffee when this scene started. And so I went to pause it and I mistakenly hit, you know, the button you can hit on a lot of things where it just fast forwards 30 seconds. Yeah. So I hit that button by mistake and you'd swear 10 minutes had gone by because the, the <laughs> bomb was five seconds left. <laughs> and I was like, how have we gone from this point to thir- to, to five seconds left on the bomb in 30 seconds? This is ridiculous. I mean, that's that's you know what? Like, you can talk, you know, about positive and negatives throughout the film all you want. The big problem with this film is that it's so fast, mm-hmm. it does, has no time yep. to breathe at all. Uh, I have a question there why does Wonder Woman deflect all the bullets rather than just attack the guy with the gun? I don't know because apparently she can move as fast as a bullet. Like she is literally streaming, I guess, yeah, because right? she is running yeah. in front of those people while those bullets are being sprayed. Like it would, she yeah. could easily run towards him, deflect him, and then you know kick the gun out of his hand or push him through a window or something. Um, this, but it won't, this, this is always a problem with comic book movies. Um, it, yeah, like it looks, it looks cool. It just doesn't make any sense. But then again, you know, this, this all this all was confusing me though. If she can move that fast, does that mean she's as fast as the Flash and Superman? Yeah. Like if if Wonder Woman can move that fast, all she has to do is run at someone and punch them. Yeah, and they're dead. I don't think she's as fast. Oh, oh, this feels so geeky. I don't think she's as fast as the Flash. Um, <laughs> can Superman beat the Flash? <laughs> the Flash is even yeah. The Flash is even faster than sure whatever kid bullets. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I know what you mean. It. My my other big problem with the scene is the dialogue is atrocious and it's like Whedon took the script and went, let's throw a lot of Whedonisms into this. Are you going to put good Whedonisms into it? No. And you get a line like, I don't believe it. What are you? A believer. Oh God. Yeah. I rolled my eyes so (laughs) fucking hard at that line. A believer. But the funny thing is, right. That doesn't even make sense in the context of the scene. Because that guy is supposed to be a religious zealot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, it, no I, I think the point is that he he thinks that the only way to move on with life is to destroy this. I'm giving this film far too much credit with this. Movie. I know. I, I, yeah, you're, you're right about that. But I just think it's bad writing. Yeah, yeah um, it's terrible. Because that's just one belief against another. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, and then we get um, after that we get a, a good scene with the Flash and his dad, played by Billy Crudup. Yeah, the, I love uh, this scene. What, yeah, I, I the, the bit where Flash draws the glasses on the the guy hurrying him up at the behind him is quite fun. Mm. Lesser known fact: Billy Crudup is playing his character from Almost Famous. 
Pues. Are you muting Rob as well? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I agree with you, Eddie. Well, no, Ray, Ray, hold on. Ray, we'll, we'll cut here, right? Okay. We'll edit it and say that Rob had to Please. Rob had to go back to his own I have to planet. go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, one of the things I wrote about this is that I, I really hope we get um, potentially more Billy Crudup in the Snyder version. Hmm. And I just want to see Billy Crudup in the Flash film as well. Yeah. He's great. And I, I, have a thing, I have a thing for Billy Crudup anyway. I think he's a, he's a wonderful actor. And um, he's... Even in these two scenes, I think you get a lot more heart than is in the rest of the film through most other characters. Yeah, I think this is a a, a remaining Snyder shot as well. Um, you can tell tonally it's 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 better filmed. Yeah, I mean that's another point I have about the film is that even the Batman rooftop scene, which I really enjoy because it's very Batman esque, and actually quite reminds me of eighty nine, mm. the Batman eighty nine. Um. I think it looks really cheap in bits. Like it looks like it's it's uh it looks like it could be a TV. I wouldn't say like like, like maybe a, a mix between a Snyder film and uh, one of the CW shows. It's like the a grade just above the a CW. I know show. What you mean. Like yeah. it's clearly it's nowhere near like as good as Gotham. Like, but you know, I know what you're getting at. But it's not even it's not even that it looks like a set. I don't mind that. I, like a lot of the a lot of Batman Begins looks like it's on a set, mm. and that still looks cinematic. This looks, and I say the same about Avengers. Is I don't think that looks very good. No, I think that a lot of it is shot in a way that kind of they try to make it look more epic than it is, and it ends up making the film look smaller. Yeah, and I think that's a massive problem with this film because it feels really small. This film. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. So. After that, we, I mean, we're flip-flopping around here to uh, all the different heroes, so we get a little bit of them all. Um, we go to Themyscira, where Steppenwolf, Kieran Hines, our own Kieran, good man, Kieran. Uh, the mother box. <laughs> turns up with all those lovely garrets. <laughs> Aaron, will you just give me the mother box? I really don't remember the whole thing about the mother box. Is that supposed to be sentient or is it just like technology? I, I, I don't know. I'm not, a, <laughs> I, I'm not I, completely I up on either. it, but I think the, the version that's used in Joss Whedon's Just League is like it's Steppenwolf's actual mother trapped. And when the three boxes are united, she can be released. And that's why he calls her mother. Whereas I think in the Zack Snyder version, they're just known as the mother boxes because they birth worlds. That's what I thought it was in the comic, yeah. Um, but like they, they, they only had two hours to try and explain the plot. So <laughs> um, and they needed like this massive uh, cutscene later on to show us the history of it. I also love this film. Uh, or, oh God, I also love this scene. Uh, this is probably the best action of the whole film where the, the Amazons, Amazonians are trying to keep the box away mm. from Steppenwolf and there's a lot of inventive play with the uh, with the horse riding and the using the lassos to drag the box behind them mm. and you also get there's like a, there's an energy and a and a threat from Steppenwolf that I think is missing throughout the rest of the film as well in this scene yeah you you get a sense that he's properly foreboding yeah he does actually come across like proper menacing like like imagine a fucking uh, seven foot wrestler 
you know, <laughs> tackling a bunch of kids. Like that's how menacing he looks. He's, he's they're not slowing him down. Like they're attacking him, but he's just like swatting them away as if they're toddlers. Um, and that actually does kind of make it look like he's way more menacing. And I'm imagining in the new version when it's actual Steppenwolf, that'll even feel way more menacing. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, just on Steppenwolf, I don't know that I ever love any movie that has its main antagonists as a big CGI monster. Um, especially no, now, like the effects in this movie don't hold up at all. Mm. Um, they didn't hold you up lose... then. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it, it loses a lot of the characterization and subtlety that an actor can bring to the role when it's just, you know, CGI paste. Yeah. I yeah, agree. weird one. Totally. Um, of course, like you can't tell the story with this intergalactic alien guy coming to Earth if he just looks like a human. <laughs> you know, everyone would be like, this is stupid. He looks like a human. Mm. Um, so you have to do something. But yeah, obviously, I'm not an art director. I don't know what better thing you could do with it. So I think we move then to Star Labs where Cyborg's dad, whose character's name I can't remember. That's uh, Silas. Um, Again, he's... Uh, He's really Stone. doing his role from Terminator 2. Yeah, he is just Miles Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he basically is. <laughs> he's still good out there creating uh, cyborgs. <laughs> there with the, de- the kill switch. I don't know much longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this seems fun. Like this, this is yeah. the whole MacGuffin nature of... Um, artifacts in these movies like the mother box it can do absolutely everything you know it can do this that and the other it can turn an average human into a cybernetic organism um you know it like it's the galaxy quest thing of like you know what's it do (laughs) what do you mean what's it do (laughs) oh we'll get to what it does later on because i will have a little rant about that as well the yeah i mean the, the cyborg scene is meh I mean, you, you kind of get an idea of what the history is between him and his dad and that there's um, animosity between the two. But, yeah, it doesn't really work. It's a bit flat. I, mean, I imagine this is a Whedon shot as well because he doesn't like Ray Fisher. I've heard rumours that Ray Fisher is more of the protagonist of the Zack Snyder version. I don't know how true that is. But... He gets the most amount of extra footage of yeah. anyone. So, mm-hmm. yeah, be interesting to see. I believe we get the background of him and his accident as well, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like in, in this version, he's just kind of introduced. He's just there. He's already a cyborg. Like, you don't even see the creation scene in this movie because um, that was in mm-hmm. the the BVS. Yeah. BVS. So, like, you literally just see Silas Stone leaving Star Labs and then rocking up to his dodgy-looking apartment and your man's there looking out the window. And he's just like, I'm a cyborg now. It's like, oh, right, that, fair enough. <laughs> Okay. Um, you then move on to Bruce and Diana having a conversation in around Wayne Manor. Mm. I actually quite like the look of this stuff because it's. Um, I was saying to my housemate at the time um, that it actually looks like it's in the real world for a change. Mm. You know, they're walking around a lake by Wayne Manor, and it's kind of yeah. cool to. It's kind of cool to see around the the land that Bruce owns yeah. as well, just to see how much he actually owns, and. Um, do you see I, I i might have turned away here do you see cyborg listening to them on the conversation here yes at the end of their conversation this you, is that bit, yeah right? yeah they're walking away he kind of turns and walks away so then you go to again one, this is one of the better scenes of the film is when bruce goes to get 
um, Barry Allen, aka the Flash, mm. onto the team. Yeah, I love this scene. I think this is great. For uh, I love certain parts of this scene. There's one part of it I absolutely hate, and more than likely, it's a Joss Whedon part addition, which is uh, the part where after he goes, I need friends like brunch what is brunch is oh, it yeah. breakfast is it lunch it's like oh my god yeah that is just annoying you, I, get um, I think you can do that with that character and just do it better i was watching this probably thinking the same thing as you ray and then it kind of dawned on me that you have to have something between those characters to make them different mm. they can't all be the sort of quiet genius protagonists who are a little bit troubled and want to save people yeah um, but Barry Allen was never like that. Though. Is, right? Like Barry Allen is he, he, yeah, a scientist. Fun. Like he's he's a scientist in well, Star Labs. But they're all scientists. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> like, Batman's a scientist. Nerd squad unite. Yeah, but you do need something to make them a bit yeah. different. Making him vaguely like on the autistic spectrum. Like, is that ever, like, properly hinted at that that's what they were going for? Because it kind of comes across that they're trying to portray it like he's supposed to be on the spectrum. He, It's as if Abed from Community was the Flash. Yeah. I like how Bruce deals with it in that Barry is going off on one and is just going to keep talking and denying until he just throws the uh, Bruce turns around and throws the, throws the batarang. He's like, okay, enough of this. Mm. <laughs> um, so I like that. And then... but. On the other hand, if he was wrong about him, he's going to stab him in the face. Well, that's why he's world's best. Be you know? <laughs> <laughs> world's finest over here. Stabs everyone in the face and leaves no trace. He just he visited five Barry Allens before this that fucking ended up with eye wounds. <laughs> um, um, and then you get Diana meeting Cyborg in a street, which, uh, it's, again, it's a fine scene, but there is one line I really like in it where she's trying to talk him around and she's telling him that he has gifts, like no one else can do what he does. And his line of, um, if these are gifts, then why am I the one paying for them? Mm. Is a really good line. Yeah. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah. sorry, no, I'll, I'll save this for the end. Go on. So yeah, I think we then move to is this not the, Gotham PD. Yeah, this is the rooftop scene where we yeah. get our first uh, inflection of the Danny Elfman Batman theme again. Gonna say, yeah, we get, yeah, Danny Elfman who was asked what, uh, before filming, or before he started doing his score, was asked what Batman theme he was going to use. And he said, what do you mean? This Batman has one theme. <laughs> I, I, was like, I was like, I'm going to use the Batman theme. And you're like, yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't really argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> but my big takeaway from this scene was that I want more J.K. Simmons as Gordon. Yeah. He did. He really didn't get a chance to really f- flex his muscle on this character. Like he, he just looks the part. It'd be great to kind of see more of his interaction. I guess we'll never see it unless we get uh, another standalone Batman movie. But like, I think his. I still want. Yeah, I still want one. I want Brian Cranston. <laughs> no, I want Brian Cranston as Gordon. I want. He already played Gordon. Yeah, and I want him again. I want him in live action now. <laughs> nah. Um. Oh yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the scene, you know, where he's basically talking to Batman. You know, oh, good to see you playing well with others. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, then Aquaman rocks. Up. That's later. That's that's Is later it? on. Yeah, but that, I I I was actually going to bring that scene up as well because I I like that one as well. Uh, it kind of shows that there's a friendship between Gordon and Batman mm. where they can have a bit of banter together. I also like the. Hold on, give me a second here. I need to look through my notes. Um, you can cut this I Eddie's looking through his notes. I, I do like the part in that scene where Cyborg rocks up like without any announcement and the Flash kind of jumps 
and then he's kind of doing this like looking at him going there's like literally a robot here what the hell is going on yeah like, if that's just um, bit, then that's that was actually quite a funny bit yeah no that's that's a very funny bit i, re- I, I it was a pity they ruined that in the trailer i would like to have that in the in the cinema itself we are then we then go to Martha and Lois Lane having a conversation in what I assume is the Daily Planet. So, yeah, it looks like a side and office. I and I don't like this scene. I think it's very poor, mm. especially with the you know the the I only picked it up this time, but the person who's being interviewed on the television by CNN or someone uh, is the wife of the guy who was kidnapped in Star Labs by one of the. What are they called? Parademons. Parademons, yeah. So she's the wife of that guy. And her character, like, it's just played off as a joke that her husband was kidnapped by these flying insects. Um, And she's, like, cursing. And I'm like, this feels weird. And, like, someone thought, oh, this would be hilarious to have, like, a few bleeps from the TV Mm. come in here. This would be so fun. I, I didn't like this scene at all. Yeah. Nothing, no, no expanding on this. No, I was just saying, yeah, yeah, because you, you kind of glitched out. Your you, you, uh, oh, I heard you say, yeah. no, 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 you bleeped out. Yeah, you kind of glitched out. I guess, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I, but I think Lois Lane in general is wasted in this entire Again. movie. She's just a she, she is, um, just like the Black Widow bit in Avengers. It's like, you know, sun's getting real low, big guy. That's that's her entire bit in the movie. Yeah, you know, placate Superman. Yeah, that's, we then get. Uh, sorry, go no, on. I was just saying. It's I suppose it's very hard to work in Lois Lane into this. Like Superman is dead for most of the movie. I mean, she's kind of there just to like. First of all, she's there to remind you. Oh yeah, she's still around. Um, and then like the, knowing that she comes back later when Batman kind of needs her to kind of calm down the Hulk. But just, what I don't like here is that she doesn't even have agency without. Uh, Superman, right? The whole scene that Ed is talking about is somebody walks in mm. and says, hey, Lois, who's your uh, contact for such and such? And she's like, oh, yeah, we're not giving you a contact. I'm doing fluff pieces for newspaper, essentially. Yeah. When, like, that's that's not Lois oh. Lane. Real Lois Lane should be out there doing more work, def- checking how the, you, the world is, making everyone understand all these injustices yeah. going on now that Superman's dead, basically doing his job now. Yeah, absolutely. On, instead of, oh, I... I couldn't possibly be seen to do anything without Superman. Woe is me. I'm just a woman. Yeah. Um, for fuck's sake, you know. Yeah. Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon are both terrible at directing um, female characters in the movies. Uh, oh, I disagree. I, di- I disagree with that. I don't. I mean, you know, we as much as we can bash on Whedon, like he was known for having like the greatest female characters in a long time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're right about that. Mm. Um, there's just the unfortunateness of him being a sexist asshole behind it all, which yeah. Uh, yeah. Discovers exactly. it now. Yeah. So yeah, you're Completely. right. Yeah. Um, and I will say we, we all praised um, Lois Lane in Man of Steel because she was great. In that. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. She, there was so already the, a sign that she could be good. Yeah. It's a shame we didn't get it. You're right in that one, at least. Um, the the next uh, we'll skip forward a little bit into the into when the team yeah, actually gets together and fight fight off or they don't actually fight off Steppenwolf but they they go to Steppenwolf's lair and where he's keeping the Star Lab employees and I really like the bit where um, I find this scene quite forgettable but I really enjoy the bit where um, the Flash has an absolute freak out 
and then I've I, I haven't done battle. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, this is this is your guy's thing. I don't I I I feel out of place here. And Batman just says to him, "Just save one." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "And and then what? And then you'll know." Uh, I think that's that's a perfect Batman response yeah. uh, to obviously this kid who's just so out of his depth. It's brilliant. Yeah, it, it was nearly like a Batman and a a Robin thing, you could say. Mm, yeah, it's kind of a mentoring role, almost like. He, He's, he's more patient with him because he understands, right, this kid's not ready for it. I've trained people like this before, so I know how to address them. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only action bit I can really remember from this, and I only saw this today, which speaks volumes, <laughs> is when uh, Wonder Woman is flying after her sword. Yeah. And the Flash kind of pushes it back the run around toward, yeah, and yeah. pushes it back towards her. So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the, the whole um, the crawler robot thing. That's yeah. Well, there's Aquaman showing up as well and deflecting all the water back for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's a very forgettable scene. Like, it, considering the amount of action that happens in it, it's like uh, I couldn't really tell you much of what has happened. Yeah. And the after this is, I think, when the film really falls off a cliff and they decide that they're going to bring Superman back. And I was like, Wonder Woman's argument of we can't bring him back. We don't know what he's going to be like. It could be another another doomsday. That's the end of the argument it's for, my, for me anyway. I'm like, we're not bringing a corpse back from the dead. Sorry, guys. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a weird point in that scene where maybe, Eddie, you might find this um, from the animated series, is that Wonder Woman is acting more how Batman should act. Like, Batman should almost be the one who has reservations about reanimating a corpse. And Yeah, I would agree. And that they wouldn't be able to fight him if he did come back to life evil or something. What I would say to that is that they do show you that Bruce feels guilt in how he treated Superman mm. and he can see this as a second opportunity to make amends. So I get that from a motivation point of view. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. The, the, like the plan itself seems so half baked. Um it's nonsense. Yeah, it's absolutely it nonsense. is a bit ridiculous. It yeah. I I think they could have just done this in a way that they didn't bring Superman back to life. Maybe he was already alive and just like, but that's obviously almost exactly the death of Superman yeah. storyline, right? But he's just leaving the world to deal with itself because um, he reckons they don't need him anymore. Maybe. Yeah, and I mean, look, there, there, he's there's done his job. There's rumors that they aren't necessarily the people who bring him back in the Snyder version, but oh, I don't know how true that is. Um, I think I do like the. Present. I was going to say I do like the graveyard scene where Flash and Cyborg are digging him up. And, yeah, yeah. And the Flash is like, it feels kind of disrespectful to be doing this any faster. Yeah. Um, which I completely get. If you're in that yeah, position, you're yeah. like, I'm not I'm not racing through this. This feels awful. <laughs> yeah. Um and then I also like the line, um, oh, where are the mistakes when they talk about where they got their superpowers from. Yeah. I do like yeah. that. That was cool. Yeah. I was suppose that was kind of bonding, le- leading towards like the potential flash slash cyborg co movie. I could see how to work. Flash, slash. I, I did kind of work together. Not, not so much like a Bucky and Falcon. Um, they're kind of this seems to be a bit more friendly, but I could see that kind of buddy 
antagonistic movie happening. Um, yeah. I also like Bruce being an absolute dick to Wonder Woman in the scene where he's trying to push her. Uh, and he, she's like, uh, oh, you need to you need to move on from Superman, basically. And he goes, what, did Steve Trevor tell you that? Yeah. And then she like she gives him the yeah, little yeah. push. And you see Bruce Wayne going, oh, oh Jesus. The only thing I don't get is the, the Flash just turns Ow. around and goes, you know, if she kills you, we'll cover for her. I was like, what? What a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to show he's afraid of her. Um, yeah. Have we passed a bit where they do the whole introduction to what the motor boxes are and that the three tribes fought back Steppenwolf? I think that... Oh, that, we have. Yeah, yeah, that's where Diana so, gives the the old gods... The exposition. Yeah, or sorry, the new yeah. gods kind of thing. So watching this again, I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? But the way it's done is almost entirely like the start of lord of the rings a little bit the prologue of like you know three rings to the, wild. the last alliance of elves and men <laughs> you know and the, and like there were three of them <laughs> divided amongst them. and of course men well, failed you do get that with thor and a couple of other yeah. films oh, like, as well. yeah. it's like it's a total trope it's yeah. a total yeah. trope i mean it's, yeah. it's, it's, lord of the rings is such an old story at this I point. Mean, the, if that scene has that. has given us anything positive, it'll be that one kind of really cool moment where there's a green lantern in there. So I'll give it I'll give it a, yeah. a brownie point for that. One of those gods looks a hell of a lot like Jared Butler in Tree I think that's supposed to be it does. I was trying to Is that not supposed to be Zeus? Pro... Oh it's could not... be, yeah. Because I yeah. think that's one of the old gods. I think that's the whole point. So we move on then to the resurrection of Superman. Um, Which actually we confirmed that he was, he was buried as Clark Kent, not as Superman. So yeah, because he's cast in that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where is. I'll move on for a second. He, I, I think this is done actually quite ironically because the Flash is the one who really brings him mm. back. Um, I, it's I, done I, so quickly and yeah. haphazardly. It's ridiculous. I do, I do like, like the refrain, that one bit though. Um, of just when the Flash is running by and Superman starts moving his head, catching up with the Flash. Oh, but I'm um, actually think I'm talking about the, um, the resurrection. The oh, how, the actual before, resurrection. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, because the Flash is the one who puts his finger into the water and uh, electrifies. I have it. a little um, but the, problem with the scene as well. It's like I I understand how Lex brought back um, Zod as Doomsday because he was integrated with the Kryptonian ship. Um, how did they? integrate with the kryptonian ship i mean all i think happened was they put him in the embryonic fluid and electrocuted him as soon as the mother box was engaged with it so did the mother box run no they integrated hand wavy with cyborg integrating yeah the ship. oh yeah, okay yeah, yeah they integrate yeah because cyborg um cyborg gets the s thing into his hand and then yeah do you know the way that they like uploaded the virus yeah yeah <laughs> in independence day same thing all aliens have like a human USB oh, yeah. port that they we can just put stuff in. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I did get that bit. I didn't mind that bit too much. I mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was done so quickly. Uh, I did like the little uh, Hans Zimmer Superman refrain that's in this bit of the yeah, film. So you hear the dun, 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 dun. yeah, it's really cool. Uh, where does Superman's uh, shirt, tie, and jacket go once he? comes out of the water. I think they rip off as he goes through the ship when he breaks out the top of the ship. Well, well 
His pants have no issues with them whatsoever. Well, he lost his shoes. Say that to the Incredible Hulk, okay? <laughs> I mean, he comes out like shirtless and no shoes, so he's not getting into a nightclub. Yeah. If you know. look like Henry Cavill shirtless, you're getting into I suppose, nightclub. actually. <laughs> um, I This part of the movie, um, I do actually love. I love the part where he lands at the memorial and they all rock up and... Um, Aquaman's like, you know, he's not right. <laughs> this is not right. There's something wrong with him. And he's like doing the x-ray thing. He can see all their hearts. And Dan is like, he, slow down your heart. He's scanning like, us. Slow down your heart. He's like, <laughs> and or Flash goes, oh, Pet cemetery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was actually pretty good. Yeah. And as Rob was saying, the bit where uh, the Flash is like, okay, I'm just going to run around while he's being kept busy. And then you see Superman's eye turn and look at him as he's in his what, what would you, what's it called his quick run yeah speed force yeah. so yeah, that is actually one of the best parts of that scene like where you think right the flash is going to run past him maybe thump him a, a bit and run out but when you actually do see his head turn and it get that real pissed off look in his face and this is where you hear the uh john williams superman motif dun, 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 dun. yeah but in kind of like an evil version um yeah, it's like in a minor key. Yeah, and then um, Batman rocks up and he gets pissed off about that and we get the infamous CGI upper lip line, Tell me, do you bleed? He should, don't I don't... Bleed. I was watching this whole bit and I was like, why doesn't he just say Martha? Won't let me live. For Superman last Won't night. let me die. Oh... <laughs> uh, uh, um, I still quite like the, oh yeah, something's definitely bleeding line. Yeah, I I did laugh quite hard in the cinema. I think I, I remember when I saw that with you. You were just like, "Yeah, I never thought they could make Batman funny, but they did." Yeah, he's a couple of good lines in the mm. film, actually. Um, very un-Batman though. Yeah. Um, um. So then I, I, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. The, the bit where he goes off with uh, Lois Lane is just whatever. Like they talk. She's sad that he has to go and help uh, the Justice League, and that's pretty much all you get from that scene, uh, apart from him and his mom hugging. Yeah. They gave it no time whatsoever. And now we're into the finale. Yay! Final run now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not missing anything, am I? Well, no. Not no, no, big, Don't anyway. Think There's so. just lots of men. Yeah. There's a lot of poor characterization. And well, can we just jump in? Like lots of other By the time we get to the scene, we've already had one or two scenes from this uh, Soviet-esque family. Um, just peppered into the story randomly. I never really understood the timeline with these guys, right? How long have they been like at like sieged within their house by parademons? Because that's early on in the film, from what I remember. The parademons come up at the, the windows and they're hiding underneath the kitchen table. Um, are we supposed to be believing that that's Keeping like them out. just cutting forwards to the end of the movie? Or have I they been assume... here for days? Oh, yeah, I assume it's a few days. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like... I don't know yeah. how the power demons haven't yeah. broken in. That, I could take dead, that place down yeah. with a sturdy kick. Uh, he had a shotgun right. And bug spray. The girl found bug spray under the sink. Don't forget. Um, I, I think the finale is pretty weak. Yeah. Yep. It, I, it's, <laughs> it's rushed again so fast. Mm-hmm. You I can barely pay attention to it. Yeah, you get a couple of cool bits like the the Superman and Flash 
bit where they go off to say to say to civilians. I will say the bit where Superman turns up and Batman's face <laughs> when he realizes that Superman has come back is like the most un Batman thing I think I've, like there's more Batman in Batman and Robin than that Batman scene. <laughs> like it's shocking. like someone's he seen their bow. Like, it's like <laughs> it's like some child has just gotten like the most holy grail of sweets on Halloween. Oh my god. <laughs> it's appalling. Yeah. <laughs> um so I don't know if it was but like it must have been put there and as a joke. No one's going to put Batman in yeah. like that. Um also the, the, the the, some of the other kind of cool scenes about this part um like I I I part of me struggled to figure out what the plan was when I was watching this. So Batman managed to make it inside the force field with the Batwing. The Batwing got tucked down fairly quick and then he ended up in the Batmobile. But then the others came in after him saying like, he's in trouble. We got to help him. It's like, would they not have just helped him anyway? Or was he? I think the point was that he was supposed to be leading the parademons away. So right? He was trying to do that alarm thing and dragged him away. All right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that they'd buy them time to uh that's why Aquaman goes, or was it one of them going, he won't last three minutes. Yeah. And then Aquaman says, Well, let's use the time. Mommy. Um okay, there's a, it, my main not my main issue, I just uh, it's not a very engaging scene, but the this is the same plot as Man of Steel. Yeah. Like it's a world builder again. It's the same it's, um, thing. This big grey place with like lots of broken down buildings yeah. and superheroes jumping around the place and sky a grey protagonist and a sky beam. Yeah. <laughs> it's just and explosions and punching and we do get that Jason Momoa sliding um, out of the building with the hair flick thing that like could never have happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I kind of have a soft spot for that little bit. Uh, but the re- God Almighty, the rest of it is atrocious. Like. St- Steppenwolf was just defeated in no time at the end. Well, as Superman well. slapped him around, um, properly slapped him yeah. around. I did, I kind of like like the that reminded me of I can't remember was it the exact source, but it's one of the um, Justice League Unlimited, I think, or something. When Superman's fighting Darkseid, and he's have he has a whole monologue of like I live in a world of cardboard, like fighting you, I can finally let go and release my full power, and I think that's kind of the Steppenwolf thing as well. It's like. Most most of nothing in the universe actually stands a chance against Superman mm. when he's like let go. Yeah. Um and I guess that's it, is like that's what they have to hold off on him showing him for so long. And then still distract him by getting him to save some civilians. Well, he has to do the no he, uh, Flash saves the civilians, Superman has to help Cyborg split the mother boxes. But doesn't Superman lift like the entire building as well, no? That's, yeah, yeah that's just before he yeah, gets Flash throws yeah, the okay. car and thinks yeah. he's he's la- like smiling to himself going, I saved these people. And then he sees Superman flying by with an entire apartment complex. <laughs> I will say that, that, those kid, that, that kid is dead. Which one? Who, uh, the Flash, when he asked her to hold on to the... Oh, the inertia alone. The her face would have went through the back of that truck. The yeah, G-Force dead. would just have killed him. <laughs> dead. Their brains dead. are mush. Yeah. I'd love to see that scene after he, he stops the car and just sees like blood and <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, 
that's uh, the whole thing. None of these things ever make sense. That's like the whole thing of um. Yeah, totally. I know. I know. You know, um, you're one breaking her neck when Spider-Man catches yeah. her in the air and stuff. Yeah, that's when I don't, I, I, I don't like being like that with these films. Yeah, you really exactly. just have. We to can just wait your expectations. We can wave that way and say, you know, the Flash can just make things he touches enter the yeah. speed force as well. And yeah, that's, fine. that's fair. Yeah. I've always I've always exactly. assumed that with like Superman as well. Like when he's flying really fast to catch people that the lack of inertia that he feels is enveloped around the person that he catches in midair. So they don't like suddenly snap their neck. <laughs> Lois yeah. Lane is essentially just smashing into concrete when she hits his forehead. Either that or she's got the strongest yeah. neck muscles of any human being. <laughs> well, she ought to date in Superman. Yeah, that's true. Um, so the finale of this movie then, right? So after Superman smacks Steppenwolf around, he doesn't even like kill him. He basically just makes him fear Superman. And then the power demon, for some reason, yeah. just turn on him. Now, yeah, this doesn't make any sense no. to me, right? So Steppenwolf slapped the hell out of all the Amazonians, who we're led to believe are pretty damn powerful. And there's a big bunch of them. And the power demons come across as the usual CGI bug fest of the really easy goons that can yeah. be defeated. But a bunch of them can defeat Steppenwolf and do something with yeah. him. He just gets, he goes through the boom tube and disappears. That's the thing. I don't think he's because he got this power from his big axe. Uh, Does he? Is he? I don't don't think so because he's able to boom tube away without it at the end, doesn't he? Like when the power demons are swarming him, he literally goes into like a sky beam. Actually, on that, I did like the bit where Superman uses his cool breath because we've never seen that before in this universe, anyway. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, cool. That's old school mm-hmm. Superman. That's cool. I mean, uh, I don't think we're ever seeing Steppenwolf no. again. Good. That way. Good. Yep. Until next week. Yeah. I mean, look, they, they <laughs> saved the day. Um, for whatever reason, I, I can't remember what happens with the bloody motor boxes. They separate them, and the uh, terraforming the motor boxes were doing to Earth turns into, instead of apocalypse or. Nope. Anyways, look, they're ter- terraforming it into Apocalypse. Instead of doing that, to turn it into like the Garden of Eden, with all these like fantastical flowers growing out of it instead. Uh, that was a point I, I I made sure to write down was that part of wherever it's meant to be, Ukraine, Russia, they never tell us, is now there is alien plant life growing on Earth, and that ecosystem and potentially the rest of the world's ecosystem is now screwed. Yep, very much. <laughs> Would have been better if it was just like rock or something, right? Yeah. yeah I was like, people, people, people like looking at it in beauty and going, oh, wow, look at this. I'd be like, oh my God, no. What have you done? <laughs> the ecological disaster. Get in some, um, some customs officials or something from Australia who are really adept at stopping bio organic material from entering the country yeah. and watch them weep in terror. What's the what's the line? The Simpsons. Uh, it's a it's a time like this. So I wish I was a man of God. It's all <laughs> over, people. We haven't a prayer. <laughs> um, thing this movie wraps up. They're all standing on a giant um, dam or something, aren't they? And the Batwing picks them up. Yeah, kind of just meanders off as well, though, because they have um, Batman. Well, Bruce Wayne buying the kent farm no he buys the bank yeah no, yeah okay, we're near yeah. as simple as like oh, i'll just pay off your mortgage no he had to go out of his way to buy the bank yeah i didn't mind that bit it was fine um i did like that flash and cyborg got their fist pump hmm. yeah and that's pretty much the end of the film until the post-credit sequences 
Yeah, and they were. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, sorry. We also get one of the worst closing montages to any film I've ever seen in my Bunch. life, which is when Bunch. this appalling fucking piece of shit that Lois Lane is writing for the newspaper. How she got a job as a journalist writing that rubbish, darkness. Yeah, you, you you're going to start off your piece in the in the the Daily Planet with darkness, like some sixth sixth uh, class writer and then finish it off by going it was all a dream you twat <laughs> i hated this bit so much i was like so you have someone you have someone who can't write anything in lois lane getting a job as a head journalist and you have uh clark kent who just decided he was going to become a journalist <laughs> yep. getting a job you don't need any award man. for a specific rant goes to you today it does <laughs> yeah it does i hated this I like this. Listen, read the the words that she writes down at the end of this film. Try and get any proper meaning or uh, or get any sort of enlightenment out of it. I dare you, because it's not there. It's fucking abysmal. And then you're like you're. It, it's like one of those things where, like, the end of the film, you're meant to be in awe of like the imagery and the words mm. coming together. And it goes, oh, uh, what's it? The look up in the sky as Superman flies off. You're like, yeah, mother of God. Um, this film just ended on the biggest whimper it could have possibly, or smallest yeah, whimper. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess, look, we got the hint of what could have been after this if this did become successful with uh, Wayne Manor effectively acting as uh, impromptu Hall of Justice, where they walk in and goes, a big round table right there in the center room. Seven chairs. But room for more. Six, Six chairs. chairs. But room for more. Yeah. Room for more. That's my uh, Ben Affleck. Do your Wonder Woman again? Six of chairs. Do your Wonder Six Woman again? Six of chairs. <laughs> but room for more. Uh, room for more. She's the reason all those female actresses have to learn Greek. <laughs> like a Greek accent. Do you mind... Uh, as long as, long as the whole movie for me, as long as there is no Palestinian superhero. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So obviously, the the two post credit sequences, the first one being the Superman Flash run, was the second one the Deathstroke one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it yeah. starts off with um, Lex Luthor having obviously gotten out of Arkham or wherever he was, mm-hmm. Blackgate. He's in Arkham. Yeah. Because uh, I think at the end of BVS, Bruce Wayne says he's, he still has some friends in Arkham. And that's where he's going. Yeah. Clearly, Arkham, like, you should just never lock anybody up in there. Oh, here's some good trivia for you. So who, or sorry, what country is Lex Luthor in, in this scene, on the boat? As in, where is he supposed to be in the movie or in real life? Yeah, in, uh, in the movie. I'm trying to remember what the background was. Blows heaven? Country. Real oh, country, yeah. not made up city. I don't know. France. At least, uh, trying to remember the coastline. So the the at least the boat is from there, uh, Luxembourg. Okay. Because the fl- the Luxembourg flag is on the boat he's on. Looks Luther. No. <laughs> Isn't Luxembourg landlocked? Yeah, I was just. I was just... <laughs> yes, it is. So he's not in Luxembourg. <laughs> Is it actually a Luxembourg flag in the boat? Yeah. Maybe it's a joke. 
Uh, it I mean, they can still have good. boats, right? There's, it's just not going to be in Luxembourg. Sure, Luxembourg or maybe. The Luxembourg and Le- Netherlands um, flags are quite similar. So let me have a look at the Netherlands. Here's me thinking it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's probably going to be interesting too. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, if you if you guys look up the Luxembourg and Netherlands flags, they're they're pretty similar, and the way it's hanging, I haven't a clue which one it is. I assume it's Netherlands, yeah. so because that's not fair like, enough. Um, apologies to all our Luxembourg listeners for my yeah. stupid geography. So that's uh, the Joss Whedon uh, <laughs> Justice League. What are our hopes for the Snyder Cut? And we'll keep this quite brief because we've already gone up to about an hour and a half on real time. God knows what it's going to be when I edit it down. Um, so hopes for the Snyder Cut. What are we looking for? Who wants to go first? Rob? Uh, I want to not see the typical Snyderisms. And I would like to see just general better characterization from everybody. Um, this movie is very bleh. So even if, it, even if the Snyder Cut pisses me off, at least I'll have felt more than I did watching mm-hmm. this. I think you're going to be very disappointed by the Snyderisms because... I think this is going to be the most Snyder film that's ever been released because he was given right. complete free reign on this edit. Like for God's sake, anything he's probably filmed the more. The movie is entirely in four three. If that's not going to piss you off enough, <laughs> I don't understand that at all. No, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. I know it's not exactly twenty twenty. No, it's a different ratio. It's whatever his the app is that he uses. Um, but yeah, there you go. I'm looking forward to more I'm really looking forward to the Junkie XL score I think that might be the thing I'm looking forward to yeah. most but I'm also looking forward to um, more of the Flash and more of the characters we kind of didn't see mm. not necessarily more Batman I think he's the main reason I want to watch it but I just want to see an expanded version uh, with hopefully a better story yeah I mean it's the, the backstories of the characters I'm more interested in seeing like all that extra content like i was saying to you eddie there's that one scene apparently where um the flash rescues iris west but he's in civilian clothing and what happens is he sees the accident happen and he turns so fast on the spot to go save her that his shoes actually explode because they're just normal trainers so it's just the heat of him turning the so obviously there's a bunch of new scenes like that so and obviously seeing how cyborg is created properly without just making it a footnote in a previous movie and then addressing none of it in this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't really know what to expect. Uh, as I was saying to you earlier in the week, Eddie, I think my expectations are subverted enough. I know I'm going to enjoy it, but I know not to expect the freaking second coming of Superman. Uh, you're like, you're going you're gonna to get the second coming of Superman. <laughs> I didn't want to use Christ because Christ is in this too much. <laughs> But I don't get how anyone could think it could be like 100% better because it's still founded on the same script and all the same, mm, no, same no, building very much. But it's the same bit. It's the same building blocks. Now, obviously, there could be a hell of a lot of footage, mm. right? But I just like, but even if you just go back in time and say, yeah, BVS wasn't good. Man of Steel wasn't good. Third one's going to be really good. Yeah. Like this is a shouldn't be a triumph of hope over experience. The last two Snyder films that involved the same universe weren't great. Mm. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. I think I think regardless of what way this movie is accepted, I think one the critics are going to hate it, and I think two the fans are going to love it. 
Although the critics might like it now because of obviously Joss Whedon's attachment to the other Justice League that they'll feel like, oh, well, this is far more representative of what was meant to happen. And the critics who kind of, because there was such a divide versus critics and and people who watched this yeah. movie. Like it was nowhere near as bad as the critics said, but it was nowhere near as good as the fans were claiming. And I think they might find that middle ground on this version. But I think interestingly, criticism has changed in the last few years, right? Where critics are trying to follow the popular trend versus artistic criticism. Mm. And listen, let's not go into that yeah, too much because yeah, yeah. it's a whole thing. But uh, like for me, I'm probably not going to love it. But I'll admit, I just don't gel well with Snyder's direction and the, his usual style. Mm. And that's just me. Like there's plenty of people out there, I'm sure, who absolutely love his style. And they might really love this movie on all the merits that it's worth it. Um, whereas, you know, for me, I just I don't particularly enjoy his visual style and it's the way he tells stories. So it's going to be more difficult for me to enjoy it. But that's down to me. You know, it, sometimes you just don't gel with things and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm still willing to try and enjoy it as much yeah. as I can. I, I think the thing I'm looking forward to most about this is that it's one person's work and one person's vision in the final cut rather than a hodgepodge of someone trying to fix what they didn't like and still having to put in some stuff from the previous guy that they need to mm. put in because they don't have the budget to to reshoot them um i yeah i, I really just don't think justice League works because it's a frankenstein of a it's a young frankenstein yeah. of a, of a i film. think uh, the other so it, whether or not whether, whether or not justice league the snyder cut works for you you can't say it's not one person's vision. It, that that vision might not be for you, but at least it's it's actually like a fully imagined version of what his his idea of Justice League yeah. would be. Um, I think another thing uh, to keep an eye out for, and this is why my expectations of this movie are going to be a little bit lower, um, is I've noticed the CG on some of the clips for this seem less polished than the, the clips that were in the theatrical edition like the, the one we just saw so, so oh, no <laughs> no for example like there was a particular scene where cyborgs in it and i was looking at the cg on the costume i was like "Ooh, that's looking a little bit rough in the trailer and there was one other scene i can't remember what it was so my expectations are any of the snyder scenes or the cg that was done off his own bat for his own money are probably going to be less polished than some of the other scenes. Anyways, that has been Screen 17's take and thoughts on Joss Whedon's attempt at the Justice League. Join us next time where we will be reviewing Zack Snyder's interpretation of the Justice League. <laughs> will it be better? Following will it be worse? Who knows? Doesn't matter. After Not that, really. All our own cuts, right? Uh, you should I want said, the Spielberg be... cut after this. You, know, you said we'll be reviewing Zack Snyder's attempt at Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if Zack can can knock it out of the park further than Joss Whedon. Um, anyways, yeah, join us next time where we're going to be running over Zack Snyder's Justice League. I've been Ray. I've been me. God damn it. Uh, and I'm still Whedon cut for life. And we'll chat to you guys next time. Good luck. Bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
permission to disembark, Captain. Ah. Fighter of the Justice, Rob. Ah. Ah. We eat and cook for life. <laughs> <laughs>